Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Material Devolution Podcast. We had a couple of weeks off, but we are back in the saddle again, in the hot seat, ready to roll. We uh, got some stuff locked and loaded for you. USPS, the Postal Service, uh, Trump admitted that he was, you know, slowing it down purposefully uh and uh, we got a little bit of backstory about that uh also want to talk a little bit about this ammonium nitrate explosion in lebanon uh pretty much crippled that city uh they've had some um some unrest some civil unrest some protests in the streets the government basically now has been removed or everybody has resigned. Um, there's a lot going on in the world, uh, not to mention uh, college football is trying to get started and get going. It seems like some conferences are pulling out and they're not going to play. Uh, what does that mean to uh, the college uh, revenue uh, You know, across the uh, entire university system in the United States? But anyway, I digress. I am here with my main man, Devin Ebert, as always, joining me via Zoom. What's up, Dev? Good to be here, Mr. Matt. As always, uh Turn to the podcast. It's nice to have a quick break, short hiatus, get the, uh, you know, self rejuvenated. For some reason, I don't feel uh, particularly dialed in in the world. I know, like, you've got notes, you've got focus. Uh, I'm coming into this one a little more scatterbrained. I'm going to be coming out of it from, uh, you know, the, the field, so to speak. So I'll let you. Uh, lead us in Absol- absolutely but you know what man I, first and foremost don't feel like that like you have to apologize because i'll tell you it's there was so much going on in the world it's really really good sometimes just to kind of put yourself in a bubble focus on what you have to do and like maybe some some projects that you're working on or maybe it's just work and trying to just focus on that and block out some of the external noise and i know that i've been kind of doing that recently and i felt the same way when i come to some of the podcasts where it's just it's just so tiring man it's like so overwhelming you know it's like normally we you know we in in a normal you know lifetime i guess you would say like we would you know, sit in and, and dig in and really like, you know, really dissect a, a topic. And, and there's so many things coming at us that, you know, our last one was around Robin. That was two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I, I think that a lot of people that, you know, are listening to this, the few, the few many that are listening to this um, probably feel the same way. You know, they probably are just like, yeah, like, you know, life is just life right now. And we're kind of just existing in it. You know, and it's not really you know, you're just kind of a, you're kind of a victim to, to, to the flow of, of, of life at the moment, because there's not really much that you can be in control of, you know, or at least that's where a lot of people feel, you know, and I think the longer it goes on, I think the more that we're going to feel that way, um, that it's just like, you know, maybe certain things feel under control and that's, you know, where the attention is being, but, you know, for the most part, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen in six months and, you know how many people are going to be dead by Christmas? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's interesting when you put it like that. Like uh, you know, before we dive into the topics, just like you bringing that up, it made me think about conceptually. Just when we think about how you learn about the world and pick up information and what's available to you to learn, even like you know, if you go through the history of like basically like modern civilization, talking you know, eight thousand years, whatever, even going about Mesopotamia, you want to go ten thousand or whatever. 
like most of that it was oral history it yeah. was like stories and you would only learn about the world through what people told you there was no way to like like, I, I'm going to figure out the history of this tribe. You're not going hey, on Snopes, right? You're not either going to go yeah. on Snopes and like fact check <laughs> them, take, but you know, I'll, I'll check. I'll go on four different TV channels and get 17 different opinions about this one thing. It's like your people were just telling people stuff, and like you'd have to take them at your word or not based on what you know about the world. And that literally was the history of the world until like the printing press, you know, just a couple hundred years ago, uh, whenever. And at that point, now I was like, okay, now it was the written word, but it was what could be printed. And who was in control of it was primarily like religious doctrine and things like that primarily. And that's how people were learning. And then it became newspapers and things like that. And in the last 50 years, it became, tele- I mean, 100 years radio was it a, a new way. It was still very controlled, right? So something very much where it was like only so many people had control of it. You could choose one of six channels of radio, one of six newspapers, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Even as they deviated, it became yeah. like more of the same. Yeah. Now, like with the internet, it's the exact opposite where it's the pure overflow of information. And we're at like an interesting juxtaposition, I think, just where like now the ability to be aware of so much at any moment, it, you literally like go online and you're like opening, or I mean, t- television to that degree too. Like you're opening this portal of the world that just flood you with information. Flood. Where like yeah. Torrent. You had to do so much work to seek out any information before. Now you have to do no work and to be overwhelmed with it. It's kind of just like, I don't know if it's good, bad. That's like a moralistic way to look at it. It's just crazy that it's been hyper accelerated to that degree. You know what I mean? Like like 10,000 years of our, of like modern civilization, 9,500 of it is oral history, then 400s printing press, then 100s radio, then 50s television, then 20s internet. It's like, what's next? Right. right. Yeah. You know, you know, you're absolutely right. And I would actually, um, in uh, Yoel Harari's book, uh, Sapiens, um, he basically talks about how um, telling stories uh, and, and, and basically uh, fantasy uh, is, is actually what, ha- what, what has propelled the human, the human species above all else, right? You know, a, a trade route isn't a real trade route. That's just an imagination. That's a figment, right? It's something that we've created. And then we were able to tell somebody about this thing that doesn't really exist. You see what I'm saying? Only only exists because we've created this this route. So, um, so yeah, what you're saying is it's very powerful. Like when the, the that that language, but it's really it's very it's very localized, right? It's also very localized. You're not worldly by telling word of mouth stories like one after another, you know, it's very about what this guy saw over the ridge or maybe in the next, you know, in the next village, or maybe, you know, maybe somebody did venture even further and got to the coast or something. And they told a story about this, you know, vast, you know, piece of piece of water. Um, but it's just like it's like but now it's just now you just turn on something and it's just flood i was thinking about this too i mean you and i i i grew up i grew up in the i graduated in 1997 and out of high school and like so basically we had like computer labs with like floppy disks and stuff right and that was just the beginning of scratching the surface of like has information at your fingertips if you wanted to go and research something like i was still going to the libraries and digging through books and like you know dewey decimal system and shit like that you know card catalogs <laughs> you know <laughs> that is old school right i mean like but that's what that's how it was and like this speaks to like exactly what you're talking about but sometimes you just feel like overwhelmed and i think that that's one of the yep. things you know and i think that that it's the philosophical dilemma right because it's non-stop it's like, you know 
before throughout all of history, you know, until like a late printing press, let's say, you didn't even know what was happening in the world. So how could you care about the world? Like your life was so concentrated. You cared your about town, your things. Your, your town, your city, like your small neighborhood. It was so fixated to that. Now it's like the technology has made you hyper aware of the entirety of the world. And because of that, it almost feels like you're morally obligated now to care about the world because the technology makes it so readily available. If you're ignorant to it, it, it's feels almost so like, close. oh, how, you met this, like, how could you not know? Like there's like, you know, genocide in Rwanda or this or that. A person's like, oh, you know, I'm not, not online. I'm not like hyper aware. And I, I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing. It's just interesting that that's how things have become, right? Like the technology's shaped you in a way where like, if I'm making you aware of it, do you have to care now? Yeah, do you have a moral obligation to care? That's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question. It is, you are far removed, but everything is connected in some way, right? Even, you know, how infinitesimal that may be. But should you should you leave space in your mind for that, right? And then if so, how much? And then if so, how much other like shit should you make space for in your brain? Yeah, but it also puts us in that, like, uh, you know, like political dilemma, too, of where, like, America always has that a joker up its sleeve where it's like, we have a moral obligation to do the right thing when it's like never doing the right thing at any point. But that should be like our like higher uh, purpose to like ascertain to. We should strive for that. Right. To do the right thing. But if you always have that as like a cover, it's like, well, out through history, countries have always been at war and there's been genocide and all these things. And we always selectively pick and choose our moments and opportunities as now this like, you know, juggernaut of a country of to when to engage. And we, that's the interesting thing. It can always be like guys in the thing of, hey, whenever we like commit a genocide or invade a country or do a war or steal minerals, we're doing it for the greater good. We're doing it for this other purpose. And like there'll always be people who can justify it in that. So mm-hmm. that's another interesting like philosophical dilemma we're in because of the technology and where it's put us for that moral dilemma, you know? Yeah, 100%. No, you're ab- absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some, uh, some moral uh character um of some of these folks uh with this uh usps situation um so as i mentioned in the start of the show right we were talking a little bit about um how the how the usps has has a new uh postmaster general uh lewis lajoy uh he basically was a uh trump uh Contributor, he contributed uh, four, 1.4 million dollars uh, to the Trump victory campaign. Uh, his wife is um, right now uh, being selected for the ambassadorship uh, to Canada, and uh, they own. They actually are invested up to 75 million to maybe 100 million dollars in um, competitors or contractors to the post office, and he's running the post office. Uh, right now and uh, going through a uh, restructuring of sorts. It's an opportune time to do so uh, right in the middle of a pandemic when they've had like one of the worst like mail volume deliveries in like the history of the, of the mail. Uh, They lost $8.8 billion last year. Uh, It's interesting. Did did, did you say they lost? They lost 8.8 billion, but here's what, no, 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 they, they didn't lose. They cost. (laughs) <laughs> they cost, but they lost because here's the thing: the United, the post office is basically it's independent, right? So it doesn't like take in any tax dollars. Um, 
it, it relies solely on the sale of postage and its services to fund its operations. So as far as the government entity is concerned, it's basically like a standalone run, like a, like a for-profit entity, right? For a for-profit business. Um, it's never supposed to be run as a for-profit business. Well, no, but it's it's a it's it's a nonprofit, right? So it's supposed to be a nonprofit entity that generates its, its own thing. It's, it, it, but it's, it's a, a stand, but it's a standalone. It's a business, right? Because it has to make money. I mean, it, ha- it doesn't have to make money, but it covers itself. So yeah. So what I was saying basically is that again, they rely on their products and services. So it's not like we're taking like taxpayer money and they're saying, okay, this is what we're allocating towards this, and you can spend that. Now, I agree that. And this lend, this leads to where we're at right now, right? Is that the CARES Act was supposed to like extend like a ten billion dollar flexible funding for them right now to like, actually help them through this time? Because I guess there's been like a thirty percent like reduction in the uh, usage of the postal service since this pandemic had started, um, which is really which has really crippled them on the back of like an already like you know huge like you know uh, uh, gap. And uh, basically, I guess Congress wanted to give them like a thirteen billion dollar grant. And just give them a grant, like here, right? And uh, Mnuchin was like, you can have a loan or nothing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but it, it's interesting. So let me run through a couple of things real quick about the about the Postal Service. I think it, people would be, um, you know. Pretty- hey, key, key, key word you just said there, Postal what? Service. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, listen, I'm not agree. I, I agree with you. It is a service, and it should be one of these things that should be kept afloat. I mean, basically, it was it was created. It was created before the actual formation of the United States of America, right? So it's older than the country is, right? So that's one thing. Um, it uh, peak mail was at uh, 2001, right? Um, and, but the big losses actually began like around 2007. Um, significant de- decrease in volume um, because of the increase in the internet and communication shift around the world via email, other electronic things, right? Um, so that's one of the things. Um, it carried a billion-dollar surplus for many years before the internet. But in 2006, a law passed requiring the USPS to fund future, 75 years into the future, uh, employee retiree health benefits in advance, Congress enacted that law that they had to fund 75 years worth of retiree health benefits in advance. There's no other government agency that has, that has been played that, that, that has been, that burden's been placed on. And if that was in 2006, then we all know who like, you know, controlled the Senate at that time. Right. Um, and, uh, Basically, so they've been having. Much, do, do we know how much money that is in total? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do actually. Um, it's a hundred and sixty. Well, they right now currently sent are holding one hundred and sixty billion dollars in unfunded liabilities, um, uh, in those prepaid pensions, and it's it's a it's a it's a price tag of five point four to five point five point eight billion dollars a year that they have to pay. <laughs> Insane. So, so they were hamstrung basically by this this 2006 act of Congress that they passed that 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 that, that told them that forced them to have to do that that sort of thing. So that's the backstory of where we're at right now with the postal service, right? And that that that's that's why they're in the the dire straits that they are at the moment. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I'd agree that that's like it's interesting because. 
they're the only ones who got that, uh, you know, burden, as you call it. Uh, I, I'd argue that, like, you know, that should be something that, like, all government uh, agencies should be arguing and working towards getting stuff like that. I mean, our military budget increased by $80 billion alone last this year. Just got approved for it. It's going to be over $800 billion. Uh, you know, if they're trying to cut it by 10%, they're not going to be able to do that. But I don't, I don't, about, I don't disagree. You, you could, you could, you could single-handedly eliminate that liability by cutting our budget by 10% for two years. That's true. Like, just no. that one thing. Hey, hey, we don't need to build these extra six aircraft carriers we're never going to use or make this, you know, F-30-17 aircraft that isn't going to fly properly. Like, we, we don't need to do these things, maybe, and we can use this money to services, things that actually help people. Well, I've talked about I mean, this all the time. Billion a year. Hey, it costs $4.5 a year, and it helps a lot of people for $4.5 a year. For proportionality, for my sake, that could probably be more efficient. That could be cheaper. They can modernize. There's a lot of reasons to improve. It doesn't have to be binary for me. But it's not. just be like, you know, like, like, I think a big problem, too, we ignored, too, was the modernization of... Uh, monopolized business led to basically the expansion of FedEx and UPS who became huge rivals to USPS and took away a large portion of their business able to compete as private enterprise and guess what they do as private enterprises they sublease a lot of their shipments through USPS because the USPS is the only service that wants to guarantee it'll deliver to every American to everywhere. So, they'll right. so they'll deliver to rural roads they'll deliver yep. to places off the beaten path that's not efficient. That's not price efficient for profitable businesses like FedEx or UPS. So yep. when they get those shipments, they call it. They, they call them last they, mile shipments. Yeah, last they take mile. It to the worth. sorting facility, and then they sit, well, they pay to ship it through you, you, USPS. I mean, it's like it wouldn't get there without them. So they really don't do the job. They're they're kind of worthless because they're there as a middleman. Well, the they you know the they but they did they did come about for a reason, right? The USPS and this they talk about this in some of the they were under articles. they were underfunded, they were bloated. The, there was a reason for competition. Underfunded, right. bloated. The other re- thing is is that they were the, their their infrastructure wasn't set up to carry a lot of these like large like e commerce packages, right? So they had a big overhaul of their uh, of their fleet um, and other things like that. Um, that they had to kind of go through. As I mean, America they have 228,000 vehicles. That's interesting too. It was like, for some reason, nobody was ready for this like transition in the 90s and the 2000s to where, guess what? We're not making anything here, but everything's getting shipped. They were worried about right? Y2K, man. God. Yeah, but like that was, it's interesting. The manufacturing had completely moved uh, overseas, basically starting in what, like the 80s and through the 90s. Mm-hmm. But that means the shipments were coming in more and more. And there was that huge escalation, like you said, uh, right around Y2K with like eBay, Yahoo. Everyone's buying things on the internet for the first time, right? It was like a big deal. Well, get this, man, without some help. Um, and if it, uh, if the volume returns to pre-pandemic levels, they will run out of money by April 2021. If it if it returns to fifteen percent above pre pandemic levels, the vo- volume, they'll run out of money in October of twenty twenty one. So we're looking at like eight to twelve months, you know, of, of of them having you know enough money to keep running. So here's the thing: this is why I wanted to bring this up, right? So one, I wanted to show like what you and I I think have have proven is that the postal service is a necessary service. 
and contributes a lot of value to the United States of America, right? And the world, and the world. You know, they deliver they deliver something like um, 48% of the world's mail uh, goes through the U.S. Postal Service. Um, so it is a worldwide entity, So and, and everybody benefits from it. But they do have their problems, right? And and maybe this is an undue burden. Maybe this kind of it, it was an existential, you know, ver- burden that placed on them, so that people that had, you know, stake in these private businesses, like you're talking about, um, you know, and or these just capitalist hawks in general, just wanted to come in and, and remove the postal service. You know, this that has been doing of this since the beginning want, of time. Right? You think you, you you think DHS and FedEx and UPS they don't want the postal service to go under and they completely take over everything. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just saying like, you know, but here's the thing. So we're, so I, what I would say is I would argue that, you know, cost cut cost reduction measures, um, and efficiency and overhauling of, of, of certain, you know, processes to make them more efficient is probably due. And it's probably a good thing. The question becomes is, why the wholesale change out of all of the senior service postal executives in a single day uh, well we know that we know that man. you know I mean, like i almost don't even want to like talk about like trump corruption at this point because it's like it's so stupid that like he does the most obvious sleaze of all things that a sleaze ball would do how could he do this how could he point this guy how could he fire that guy how could he do this? how how, how? Shoot, sorry guys it blows my mind like hmm, we hmm. knew he was a used car salesman before he got elected and now that he's elected, like you're still buying his used car. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not surprised by anything. So basically yeah. like, you know, so yeah, 23 people were either fired or, or reassigned basically. And uh, I guess the reshuffling was so random and deliberate. It would basically, it would basically be like taking the person who changes the wheels on the plane and then like puts them in the, in the cockpit to fly the plane tomorrow. <laughs> and so I guess the point overall is to like intentionally crash the plane by making the postal service crippled. So it yeah. can't handle all the absentee ballots that are going to be required because of COVID therefore crippling the election process and illegitimizing it. And therefore it's just going to like destabilize the entire country even further. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Interesting. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, president. <laughs> you know, he, he, if, if there is a man on a mission, hey, that uh, guy knows you know, no bounds. Himself. It's it's win. It's win at all costs. And 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 and, and unfortunately, the people in the the costs are us in democracy. I've, so. I've never seen a more miserable winner in my entire life. Right? You know what I mean? Like like hey. It's literally that case of where like everything uh, and nothing and never enough. You're, right? You're, 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 you're a prisoner of your own sins. You know, here you sit in your lavish castle with all the power in the world. And you sit there surrounded by yes men who are only there for money. Your wife who hates you. Your kids who want to fucking suck up to you for the approval, just like you did for your father. Just so they can not be written out of the will. Let's let's call a spade a spade there, you know? right? They just and they're like, just and, groveling and, at and, the teeth. And you just sit there and you feel the most victimized man in the world, tweeting away about it, complaining away about it. And no matter what, even when you're being celebrated and cheered, your f- smile seems fake and forced and tired. You want to know what? Like, the- he, he never yeah. looks legit. I've never seen him look legitimately happy as president. No. Pre- pre-president, yes. There was times where he was like just taking shits on people. And that's when he looks pretty happy. 
you know, is when he, he gets to take shits on people and people like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He wants accolades but, for his shit. But shitty. I'd say like, he doesn't even seem to enjoy that anymore. It's tiring. Yeah. Right. But dude, his life's gotta be terrible. Here's what's interesting, though. So it says right here that uh, LaJoy is uh, removing 15% of its total high-speed processing letter machines from many locations. That doesn't sound like a cost-cutting measure, does it? <laughs> I mean, well, then you saw the pictures, right? They had the pictures on Twitter where the freaking steak bed trucks are literally going around cities and removing the freaking letter, uh, the, the, the mailboxes from the side of the road. You know, those blue ones that everybody you know knows the little eagle on them? No matter what he does, he's going to lose as long as Joe Biden doesn't open his mouth. <laughs> right? They keep ushering that guy out of the freaking hey, room hey, before so, the hey, reporters the can start asking them, questions. This is too funny. The best thing ever is, you know, it's like DNC is going to be on Zoom now or whatever, right? Like everything's going to be like online. Oh, yeah, yeah, the convention. So now, like, they can literally, like, record him and play, like, pretend it's live and play, like, the recording of him. cha ching like, you do not have to have him go live because if you had him go live, there is no meandering ter- ramble this, of this. This could go terribly stuff. wrong. You get as many takes as you need. <laughs> Cut it uh, together, spice it. I'll it- tell you, this whole lockdown thing is like you know I know Trump's like seething and like so is like his entire campaign and all their staff because like Biden can hide out in his basement. But it is the greatest thing that ever happened in the Democratic Party that the, that this COVID nineteen thing is be keeping everybody social distance. <laughs> best thing that's happened to the democrats yeah <laughs> <laughs> and maybe to us and maybe to us maybe it's a good segue into kamala uh, kamala, oh, yeah, yeah. kamala. Let's, 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 uh, let's kamala harris kamala. so um, yeah that that was an interesting uh well what was it? it was interesting it was kind of almost expected i'd say because the big thing was that biden was gonna pick a black woman as his uh it was the right pick as his vp pick it, it was identity politics at its finest they were like, you know, Hillary didn't get it last year. So we need to make sure if we're putting a white man who's basically a legacy politician, who's tried to run for president multiple times before and lost, who's been VP, he's been close. If we're going to make him the candidate, well, we have to make a woman the second candidate at least. And, and so the, because of like the modern situation, they were like, you know what? We should make it a minority female right, candidate, a right, black one if possible. Right. Oh, and she's and so a the, DA? Oh, cool. And, but, but like who are the candidates? Like Susan Rice, uh, Stacey Abrams. Like people who are never going to get it. Like Kamala Harris actually seemed like the most logical person based on that. Uh, yeah, Tammy Duckworth, right, for. was one of them. Yeah, out yeah, there, she was right? there. So they claimed, but it was like you put it through the filter. The only thing that stood out for me was didn't Kamala Harris exercise the demons on Joe Biden for putting her in segregation busing? Oh well, not for not because he didn't. He opposed busing, and she was actually one of the but, people hey, that was no, bust. He didn't really oppose it. Per se, he opposed the states' rights. He said, "Let the states decide." Yeah, right. He said, he said federally you shouldn't be involved in this, which is true. And she and she and she went lit him up though for that. And said, she did know, light him I up. Was, I was one of those kids who was on segregated yeah, buses yeah. because you you wouldn't take a stand. But here's the thing, man. So it's interesting seeing her her get the pick Listen based on the fact that like she she went for the she went for the king. You know what I mean? And usually, like if you come at somebody harsh. The Democrats don't forget that. You know what I mean? That's like true. That's true. But I think I think but I think they needed her. I think they needed her, and I think that she was the safest pick. I think that with everything going on, as far as you know, the defund the police and 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 and, and that that uh, was she whole, the safest so, pick though? I mean, like, yeah, because be they real. can't attack her because she has a rec- she has a strong record Bro. as as a DA. Yeah. She w- Matt, she's she's gonna get torched, dude. She's gonna get destroyed. She's been a hypocrite on a ton of issues, and the fact of the matter is. 
She comes from California, which but here's is guaranteed the thing. to go blue. It's guaranteed to go blue no matter what. So it doesn't really add anything to give that state. It doesn't. You know but I mean? but like but process. she's but she's a tough woman, man. And I really do think that there. I think that there are 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 women, um, working class women out there, uh, who will look at her and say that she she really does represent them as far as like a working woman and, and and standing up for yourself and woman and and here's the thing about the whole hypocrisy thing dude people that doesn't matter anymore <laughs> what You're you right, said what, was, what you said before doesn't matter much much That's less true. and donald trump has really helped accelerate that whole uh, mindset um where it's just like yeah yeah it's like she had opposing she feel flip-flopped on a couple things you know but this is where i'm at now and people are going to take that at face value they're not going to go back too freaking far um all they're going to know all they're going to know is all they're going to all they're going to know is that she was a prosecutor um so it's hard to get her on the whole like not tough on police thing even though they're trying to right now say that she's like part of the defund police movement um yeah i mean i i don't know i i i I was I I was always suspicious of her um, as a candidate in the primaries. To be honest with you, I really never kind of knew where she stood and what she would do in office. You know what I mean? Like what what would you actually do? I don't know. Um, I think as far as the, a pick for the Democratic Party, though, I think that is the selection. They'd already pigeonholed themselves, right? Because he'd already said that he was going to pick a woman, right? And then they said he was going to pick a black woman. So like that really does narrow the list down. And as far as like, I guess, competent and, and, you know, people ready to, you know, vetted already nationally, um, I think she was probably the best one. I mean, she's got charisma. She's got, she's got, she's got, when she's not, she's got that wine mom charisma about her. Uh, and she, most importantly, I think she knows all the big money donors. That's like the thing. She like, she's connected in that California big money yeah. donor circle. And yeah. that's what really matters at the end of the day. Who's going to be pulling on the purse strings you can cut both those cords and she did well, well. didn't they make them didn't they that. didn't they didn't they get a million dollars an hour for like the first 48 hours or something like 48 million dollars in 48 hours their campaign did after she whatever. yeah after she was announced but as a how many of those were 40 dollar donations like for bernie I don't know. know I'm just saying. Not many, bro. Like from what I heard, it was like the purse strings from all the huge big donors opened up at that second. Like Wall Street, Wall Street stocks went up, prison stocks went up the second she got picked. Yeah, see. Like that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, they made the safe pick. They made one who we know is not going to fuck with us and is going to make sure we do well. Awesome. Uh huh. She's on our team. Magic number go up. And that's what I mean about the prosecutor thing. You know, that's what that's what I that's where I'm coming from with that. I think that's it's interesting. I think that's going to get used against the Democrats heavily. They've put themselves in an interesting position because they went the safest way possible, which to some degree is smart. But when you think of these like revolutionary times we're in, like the conservative party, they went revolutionary with Trump. That was kind of like, they're like, we're going to go completely outside the box and do something crazy. And the Democrats respond by being like, we're going to go completely outside the box and do something that's not crazy. Do the exact opposite. Something safe and predictable. <laughs> so what do you end up with in this time of social upheaval of black lives matter of, you know, modern protests of like really like me too, all these modern social movements. Who do you have at the helm? You've got a delusional grandpa who was friends with and eulogized a segregationist, Robert Byrd, senator, one of the most infamous senators of all time, one of the worst. And you've got basically a cop in Kamala Harris, a former prosecutor. Uh, She considered herself California's top top cop. Top cop. So 
is that but then they say no black woman they don't see like top cop you know they see that as being a good thing right now and i think like that's a dangerous thing when you're gonna let republicans literally play that against you you know what i mean they're gonna be attacking you as like you're a bad cop you're not you're one of the right cops it's gonna be like it's gonna be really really ugly really dirty but i'm not surprised that we're in this situation yeah but didn't you think it was gonna i mean it's gonna get dirty with whomever I mean, it, it, the nature of, of, of Donald Trump is to throw as much shit as possible. So it, it didn't matter who it was. It's at least at anybody, least man. at least this person has the freaking gameness to fight back. Right. I mean, I, her, her on stage with Mike Pence. I, I, it does not going to look good if mother isn't holding Pence's hand. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I, I, she's got charm. She's got charisma. She's actually when she's not like, you know, a little loopy. She, she can handle herself on stage pretty well. So from like an identity standpoint, I do think it was a good pick. It's just, wow. It, it's funny just that somebody who like tried to run for president and got no heat whatsoever, like couldn't even get to the point to win like a single electoral vote. They're now like in a position to where like the president could easily like keel over and be needing to pass the baton to her. Two words, man. Sarah Palin. I mean, yeah. let's talk yeah. about it. I mean, like, honestly, like, <laughs> I guess people just don't think about that too far. Well, was, you know, hey, we didn't even it. bring up the fact we didn't even bring up the fact that some people like failed eighth grade freaking civics and were trying to spread some freaking crazy, like, you know, conspiracy theory birtherism that Kamala Harris, because her parents were, uh, you know, immigrants to the United States that and she was born in Oakland, California, that she couldn't be the president of the United States of America. I mean, yeah, you got to be you got to be a special kind of stupid to think that that's the truth. Uh, we live in the, we live in QAnon times. Oh my you know god, I mean? dude! Don't even get me started with those. Where people. we go, one we go all. We can oh. talk about the Q a little. My brother asked me about it a couple weeks. We ago. should probably funny. talk about it. You know, I don't know much about it. I guess they 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 have like signals that they give, like coded. Well, like, they give you the brief synopsis. Well, I know that they're like they believe that there's some kind of like reptilian freaking like overlords that are, brief, that are that are that are pedophiles that are that that sold that that, that actually like. That that actually like gain energy from the from the from eating children or the energy of children, the blood of kids or the screens Adre- of Adre- kids. Adre- Adre- Adreno glands. Adreno, that. okay. that's right. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. get into that. Let me Let's do so it. I actually listened to a, a very funny podcast called the called the QAnon podcast. Yes. And it basically is a couple different guys or comedians, and they break down weekly different uh, people or stories about QAnon. Sweet. And, and I'm telling you what QAnon is because I've learned a lot about it from this podcast. Q obviously. is a person, right? Q is a person. He's Q an informant. Is a person. Q is a person. This happened years ago. It's happened right after Trump's election. Basically, a character who went by the name Q went on Twitter, claimed to be a member of the deep state. So he didn't say who he was, claimed to work for some government organization, you know, secret clearance. And he claimed that what was happening was there was a secret war going on between Donald Trump and the deep state and the secret war was over the fact that the deep state henceforth people who have been along members right. of the government yeah. you know you, they make their bread and butter there they control the corridors of power that these people were actually pedophiles and they were running a secret pedophile ring most notably they considered uh famously hillary clinton to be a member of the group and that she was running a secret pedophile ring out of a well-known pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. named Comet Pizza. Yeah. 
now basically this guy Q would go on Twitter and he drop what they were calling like you know breadcrumbs or whatever and the idea was you know yeah it'd be very cryptic tweets to give people you know this they could go on the journey and it'd be like following clues to discover what it was about and you know they'd discover that oh actually these people who that you know they thought were terrible at their jobs are actually pedophiles who use their power to sell uh, children through things like uh, furniture catalogs. Wayfair. That was a recent thing. Wayfair. Yeah. So there's actually somebody who's going to run for Congress and probably win right now in Georgia. Yeah. Kellyanne something. Yep. And I mean, legitimate QAnon conspiracy theorists. There's millions of these. She's trying to distance herself from from it now, more recently, now that she won like that primary or whatever. But she's not. That's a bit. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. 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 That's a. I don't know who Q is. Yeah. Yeah. Let me throw up my signals. Right. I don't know who Q is. Two, three, five, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, that's a big thing. So. This thing got to the point where, I mean, somebody, like, went into this pizza parlor with a gun. They drove up there and yep. actually went to jail. Like, yep. they shot into the roof. They thought there was literally a secret uh, pedophile ring in the basement of a pizza because somebody tweeted about it. Yeah. And, and enough people believed it just because God. it seemed like a crazy... You remember what we started like, out with it, when we were talking about information... Well, that- so much information at your fingertips and too much information is bad. Well, there's a rod, there's some information like there's, there's, there's reasons. There's multiple reasons why too much information can be bad for your health. And this is one of them. But it's like, here's the thing. It's like, listen, I'm not saying that there couldn't be a secret pedophile ring going on. All I'm saying is some fucking loser on Twitter named Q is not the guy who's going to tell us about it. Right. You know, like, why are we not questioning the source of the information and why it's a Joseph Smith telling us how he got the tablets? Elaine Maxwell is going to tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, like let's let them explain it to us and only them and filter through their idea. Like, this is so dumb to me, man. It hurts my brain. <laughs> it hurts. I've got brain worms. But it's even more. It's like adrenochrome, right, or something that they try to get, which is like what people so like that, excrete the, the, while they the, like when fear the when kids. they're afraid, right? Oh, that's that's like that's they're pushing it even further. Like they also want to like. The, the kids, they've. If you eat their adrenal glands, it keeps you young or something. I mean, we can go on. They're lizard people and uh, aliens. They've pushed it into like certain realms. Certain people believe that the lizard people have a subterranean base in Antarctica, and the Nazis found them. You didn't know that. But it, here's how they get you in, though, man. They get people in because, like, this is about saving the children. Hey, Matt, do you want to stop pedophiles? Yes. You should. We're having a save the children rally. Come to the rally. It's going to be important. We're going to talk about saving children and making sure they don't get exploited. You want not, to come? Not if I have to. Or do you, or, 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 or do you like pedophiles? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, right. So, so like people tell their friends, their family, like this. They're like, of course. Like this sounds like a good idea. Go. Then you get you start to get drawn in, and people are so open to suggestion and the fact that they've got so little faith and connection with their government. Yep. And the people in their communities that they're more willing to believe that the people in power are not obtuse, ignorant, money-grubbing Shreks, and they're more likely to be... Demons. Literal demon-spawn alien lizard people who want to eat and molest your children. Yes. That's what they're more willing to believe. It's insane. It's just not some some power-hungry sociopath that wants to take everything from you so he can live the good life on a yacht off the island of the coast of Mallorca or some shit. And they might still want to do that to be a pedophile, but Q is not telling us about it. (laughs) He's a fucking loser. He does not know anything. And the funny thing, too, is it's Donald Trump's at war with the deep state. Okay, like, what has he done about it? Why is this war taking so long? 
Like, and, who are these people? How come How come Hillary and all these people who've done it, no one's been indicted? No yeah, one's been caught. Where are There's they? No proof. Right. It's not, just the not slowest one war thing. ever being fought that this guy keeps telling us about. And yet more and more people follow it. They banned like 500,000 people uh, who were following like, a Facebook group. Oh and, you know, like, like all these different Facebook groups got banned because they're peddling all these conspiracies. And I used to think, I'm a fan of peddling a good conspiracy if it's got some legs to it, you know, you want to get into like some nine 11 conspiracy, some JFK conspiracy. Like uh, we can have some good conversations about that. Yeah. This one, you can just cut it off. In the the Yeti, right? Oh, you want to get into Bigfoot? Huh? Want to go down, down that path? Oh, Bigfoot exists, dude. Yeah. Bigfoot does exist. We can, let's go down the Bigfoot path for a moment. <laughs> you're, you're a Bigfooter. Have you ever watched Finding Bigfoot, Matt? <laughs> Dude, I watch it all the time, man. Broken sticks and shit, right? <laughs> that was you. That was you. Did you hear that? No. Were you a special guest? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just my. Well, the one where they almost see him. They hear a noise and they chase it. They, they almost see him. Almost. They, to, they leave a candy bar for him because they know he likes them. They eat a few first to make sure. Oh, does he like them? Is that what it is? I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't. He likes chocolate. Yep. He like this. Harry and the Hendersons. I watched one episode once and it was like the funniest thing ever. I'm like. They have, they have seasons of this. These guys wandering around and like it's like it's like ghost hunters, right? We're gonna wander around and almost find ghosts always. Yeah, that How ghost adventures thing, far? man. They just keep doing it over and over again. You're like, oh my god, like you know, this is yeah. Ugh. So so wait wait wait. I feel I, something. I feel something. It's colder right here than it is right here. <laughs> hey, in, in what episode do you find the ghost? What season? <laughs> right. Huh. It's like it's this isn't this isn't Scooby Doo, man. They don't they don't like, you know, adventures. They don't find the guy at the end. <laughs> All oh. right, do we, do we got do we, do we got any more uh, bolts in the chamber, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about this freaking bomb that blew up in freaking oh, uh, Beirut? Man, on a somber note, which wasn't really a bomb. It was a it was a warehouse right. full of twenty seven hundred tons of ammonium nitrate. Okay. To put AKA the, a bomb to put the, yeah right to put that in, to, that's been sitting there for six years to put it into perspective two tons I told you last night that two hundred tons blew up the Oklahoma City uh, two building tons. two yeah. two, two, two killed one hundred seventy people and this was twenty seven hundred and when you listen to what people had said that the shockwave was so massive that people in their apartments miles away were just getting hit with shrapnel and rubble and debris that were just getting blown out of windows and other things from this bomb and apparently you've seen the you've seen the videos i mean it's it's intense it, it's insane yeah and and didn't you say that uh what was it it was the it was larger than the than that the mother of all bombs it's it's larger than a moab in terms of the detonation power it was one tenth uh of nagasaki the the atomic blast over nagasaki was one tenth of that explosion so it's intense to see and the fact of the matter is this was a problem that was well known well documented yeah not just in lebanon but the united states consulate had been alerted to it yeah 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 so so apparently there was a guy um who uh he worked uh for with the united states uh uh, army uh, he was a contractor and they were doing a uh, safety inspection in 2016 uh, of this uh, port and they found this and they uh, apparently sent a cable um, to the United States um, about it um, but uh, the US claims it was an unofficial visit to the port and they did not receive any cable because the person was not working for or with the State Department at that time <laughs> 
So they're trying to back themselves out of it, you know, but apparently, I mean, even going back and you and I were talking about it, that the, 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 the crew of this boat was forced let's go to back even, let's, let's go back even further. Cause yeah. you, you're well read in the story. It's interesting uh, to just start at the Genesis because how did 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate end up sitting in a warehouse right next to the main grain silo that holds 90% of the grain supply for the entire country. You know, how did this happen? I, what story is that, uh, was it a Russian ship? It was from Georgia. Yep. Yeah. A Russian ship carrying this cargo. Uh, it, where was it headed again? It said Mozambique, but apparently Mozambique doesn't have any record of that boat. Oh, that ship going Co- there. Coast of, Co- coast of Africa. Ammonium nitrate uh, fertilizer is typically yeah. what it's used for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Industrial yeah. grade stuff. But uh, since it was coming from Russia, like you're like, was this given? What were they giving this to some kind of like worldwide? Worldwide, the stuff's used for everything, though, man. So it's not it's like true. typically it's true. like people were just like making ammonium nitrate bombs. It's pretty like typical industrial uh, grade chemical to be using for just tons of stuff, mm-hmm. especially fertilizer, though massive agricultural products. So they were short of money. They had to dock there, as you were That's saying. Right. They were stuck there, and they ended up completely disbanding the entire. So, so what they, they were going to do, yeah. So what they were going to do is that they were going to add on more cargo, and then they were deemed unsafe because it was too heavy to travel, and so then it got held up there for eleven months. The car, the crew was on board the ship with the this uh, fr- freaking bomb underneath them. So apparently, they were actually like sending letters home and like putting out signs on the boat saying like we need to get off this time bomb <laughs> so it, again it wasn't like a hidden secret right it was basically there it's been there for a long time and now it's been it there killed, for six years and now it killed 14 right? now it killed over 200 people and, and, and people literally level about it the city yeah and the thing with ammonium nitrate is that when it's condensed if it's not stored uh properly what happens they say is that like it becomes very dense mm. and unstable and it like almost like packs down into itself and you know what else fire can cause a chemical reaction and i think there's like some fireworks factory or some like uh like seized fireworks that somehow got ignited by a fire that's what it looked like saw fireworks going off before you know the, the explosion and that type of catastrophic explosion is something unlike we've ever seen captured on on video like that from so many cameras. I mean, from Facebook live streams from people who aren't with us anymore. It's just, yeah, it, it it was intense yeah. seeing something like that happen and knowing that it, it was so preventable, so preventable, and so, right? And so so knowledgeable, like you said, uh, the government has completely resigned. Yeah. They're you done. Know, I mean, uh, they, they were ineffectual anyway in the beginning, uh, beforehand, and it was a, Lebanon's you know, already gone through so much. Yeah, man. Like, right. They're, they're so economically unstable. The port is their main source of economics, and their port's destroyed. Their gr- grain silo, which holds ninety percent of the country's grain, is destroyed. Mm. That, if that thing wasn't there, the blast would have been much worse. You know? Yeah. That thing. That thing shielded part of the city from the blast. Because man, that was. Yeah. That's so the did most you know insane did, explosion of modern times? This is a little this is a little tidbit, little 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 knowledge I'll drop on you that's kinda kinda very similar to what happens with the ammonium nitrate. Um so hay bales, right? So if you're packing hay bales and uh they're they're wet and you're stacking hay bales and you leave them all stacked, the hay bale will spontaneously combust if it has more too much moisture in it. 
Um, and I wonder if that's like the same type of thing with that Imodium nitrate, if it like it sucks up some moisture out of the air or something like that. And then it that can crush it. It spontaneously that. combust, but it can become unstable to the point where it's easily combustible. It needs another, it needs another fire. Something to has to and trigger. You, yeah, you've okay. seen the videos. You can see that there's a fire going on well before the explosion. Mm. And it clearly looks like it's in the warehouse next to where the ammonia So you know what's was. interesting about that is that they've, I guess they they fired or like nine, or arrested like nineteen people, and some of them were like the security guards at like the at the place. You're just like, uh, really, I don't. Really yeah, know. because they were in charge of storing it there. Or not. Exactly, exactly. Like they know, and they had all the, these like state or... department officials and other people that were aware of this happening. I mean, because you know, uh, anyway, I it just it, it it just goes to show that you know that. It, people, people are at the are literally at the mercy of the competency of their government, right? No matter what it is, if it's something that's a port with this ammonium nitrate, or if it's you know, um, you know the 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 the, the new uh, security law in uh, in Hong Kong, which like I hope that we can dissect here soon someday, um, you know, or right now just the incompetency of our own government and the hundred and sixty thousand people. I mean, if you look at all of them, they all have the same consistent underlying problem which is no transparency and lack of uh democratic mechanisms i mean lebanon's government's one of the most corrupt governments yes in the world there's a reason you know that stuff stayed there for six years despite people constantly complaining about it like people are getting paid off that's for sure Mm -hmm. turn the other way absolutely that's how, how it works uh so if you don't change those things, you're never going to be able to fix like these mechanisms ultimately, right? You need transparency. You need the ability to put the right people in charge or remove them. Yeah, that's right. If they're not the right people. Swiftly. And yeah, right now, like the systems are built. I was like, no, no, like uh, keep it as it is. You know, that's how it's always been. And then you know, just replacing one bad person with another. And even if they're not bad, the system can't carry the weight of them so i mean you really need to take a look at lebanon at like how it's run as a country and so do we in the united states every country in these times really should be assessing how it's being run i mean you can't compare every country it's like people want to talk about covid and compare us to new zealand and it's like somebody said but yeah it's a, an island with five million people five million in the middle in the middle of nowhere so like you can't even like draw any type of comparison no and they're not the hub of any like trade or commerce or anything so it's not like people are traveling they can effectively lock down they only have a few ports of entry. yeah exactly right now listen i'm not trying to like you know talk down on new zealand it's trying to draw i'm just trying to draw the contrast between like us and them right or european or europe and them right i mean i I love new zealand and uh you know they're a great country, and all power to them for setting such a great example on how to properly respond. And for a fucking like kicking this. ass at rugby, what? Yeah, but like they did show, like if you do properly respond, you can have a huge effect, right, on on, on these things and not destroy your country's infrastructure. Yeah, their their approach was unique, so they had to take a unique approach. But it looks like they've got competent leaders, and people have faith in them. So. Those are two important things to having an effective government. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, two very important things. Well, I think that this is a good place to end it. I think we covered a large swath of information and topics today, which is cool. And, uh, yeah, like uh, looking forward to getting back after it next week um, for sure. Yeah, so we're we'll, we'll try that. to come with a more specific topic. We're, we've been shooting from the cuff lately. I'd like to be a little more researched before I get into something heavy. So uh, I know you had some ideas. We'll come back with the 12-gauge loaded. 
pump action, couple in the chamber. That's right. Peace and love, everybody. Much love.